is Aaron Levine, LG Insurance, with another episode of the And Insurance podcast. And we're doing this virtual style via Zoom. Eric's in New York. I'm in New Jersey. We just made it easy and connected via video because that's what we've been doing for the last three years of our lives. And uh, we'll soon get together in person, hopefully, and, uh, you know, and, and take our relationship to a whole nother level. But I had a great time when I was a guest on your show, which is Employment Law Today on talkradio.nyc. You can Google search or YouTube search uh, Law Offices of Eric M. Sarver and uh, check out all the great stuff because employment law is exciting. Um, not really. <laughs> Unless you're getting sued, I guess. Then you're like, oh, I need an employment lawyer now because I screwed something up. You know, We're going to talk about why you need the employment lawyer before you get sued, plus everything else that goes with it. And I mean, Eric, when I was on your show uh, a, a couple of months ago, I mean, we ran through time like it was nothing, right? We oh, could yes. have gone for hours and we would have put everybody to sleep. But, you know, this is a subject that I'm passionate about, employee-employer uh, relationships and how it relates to insurance and profit making, mm -hmm. right? And something obviously you're very passionate about because you've been mm -hmm. practicing uh, employment law for more than 20 years. Mm -hmm. So you obviously have a ton of experience and I'm excited to uh, get to know you a little bit further. And uh, here's some stories on your side of the table about what's going on with employment law in New York, around our country, and some, uh, some fun stories to, uh, to, to go with it. So Eric, thank you again mm -hmm. for joining me. Why don't you take a little bit, give me, uh, give me a 90 second background uh, about you and, and why you chose to be an employment lawyer. Sure. Let me just get this little annoying uh spot on my glasses there that I can see in that in the mirror um, but we don't get edit. Beer, there's no editing it is we are uh you know we're gonna record there we're, that's okay we can that. roll with it I'm fine with that little, little we are human there. so it is what that's it is. right yeah I just kind of roll with it here um well first let me just say that yeah it was great having you on my show and um you're right we can talk for hours about this topic but a little bit about me as you asked um so I started practicing law in January 1999 and started my firm in 2001. Um, what really drew, drew me to employment law, Aaron, I'd say is just, it's a, in, there's a very much a people component to that part of the law. It's about human relationships. It's about you know, the employer employees and how they interact. I find there's a human interest story in there behind most employment disputes. Also the law is so different and changing and growing all the time. It's a constantly evolving field. It's got issues of constitutional law sometimes thrown in involving speech or rights like we saw with the vaccines last year. So I just found it very interesting. I found it very analytical and it left room for creativity. So I started my firm practicing employment law, labor law and business law, and I represent small businesses, medium-sized businesses and companies. I'm not sure if that was 90 seconds or not, but- um, I mean, that's... so, you know, you talk about, you use the word relationships, which is super important, right? Human relationships. It's not yes. usually human resources. It's now human relationships mm -hmm. because everything is about relationships in business, but the law is more about how those relationships live in a contract mm -hmm. <laughs> and takes the emotion out of those relationships. But, you know, somehow you have to figure out, you know, the emotion and the feelings that are in those relationships and dig into kind of the why for, when things go wrong or how things are created in a business sense for, you know, those interactions that people have on a consistent and regular basis in the workplace. Absolutely, Aaron. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because you're right. 
the law might state something or a contract might state the employer and employee's rights, what's expected, what to do. But and it does, but there still is that human emotion, I find. There's like that psychology of um, the employee wanting to feel respected and valued, and the employer wanting to feel trusted. And so you still still see though these uh, dynamics where even something that should be sometimes cut and dry, like a commission agreement, let's say, that gets mm-hmm. drafted, revised for many times over because there's some kind of a trust issue there. So um, I do see your point. And I also think that, you know, it's an important uh, thing to be aware of. Employers need to know the law, but also the fact that they are dealing with other people. As you mentioned, HR is now sort of human relations, human relationships more than resources. Right. So we look at this, right? So if I break your job down and I'm going as simple as I possibly can, you have mm-hmm. two roles mm-hmm. when it comes to your the, the employment law. One is helping business owners get set up appropriately so that they can manage their employees without getting in trouble. Um, yes. And then on the flip side of that is defending them when something goes awry, whether it's their fault or not their fault. And there's a duty to defend because there's then now a lawsuit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Which side do you like better? I I enjoy litigation. Um, okay. I love the, you know, the, the fight, the advocacy. But for my client's sake, I feel better when I'm helping them when they come to me early and they say, listen, I've got a new business or, you know, my brother-in-law runs a company and he just got sued for $100,000. So help me follow the laws here. There's so many. There's federal, state, city, what's going on. So I think I prefer doing the compliance work, the, as you said, proactive, let's get things set so you can follow the law and run your business and do it well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it gives you that satisfaction my clients are in a good spot. Right. That makes sense. Um, You know, I kind of feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, So on my side, right, I sell business owners the insurance to protect themselves when things go wrong. But then I like to also help them put their processes in place and put the technology in place to make sure that they are following the law, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They have their employee handbooks, their operations handbooks, and appropriately Mm -hmm. set up expectations between the employer and the employee to make sure that working relationship goes as smoothly as possible. Now, I'm just as guilty as many business owners. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have a full contract with all of my employees in place. I should. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whenever I'm doing something, I always want to be protected by a contract, Mm -hmm. regardless of trust. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. feel like I know better because when something goes south and there's a problem, I want to already have the rules set up when we liked each other, as opposed Mm -hmm. to when we don't like each other and we're trying to break a relationship up out, out of it. So do you help employee you help employers set their contracts up for their employees? Yes, and that's a good point Aaron of what you said just now about set things up when everyone's on good terms rather than when things fall apart or there's a fight and then trying to figure out what was intended and what was promised. Um, so I help employers set up for their employees employment contracts, right employment agreements, employee handbooks as well, offer letters. I also help business owners set up contracts with independent contractors and with interns. So a lot of agreements in place. And, you know, to your point, you have to make sure that everyone knows what is required of them, what they're supposed to do, what they're entitled to. So you can point to the contract when there's a dispute and say, listen, we agreed right here in section four that, you know, you can't take my, you can't solicit my customers, right? Oh yeah, I did. I did agree to that, right. For 12 months. And so, so I do actually help my clients a lot with that. And to your point, it's a proactive 
um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I think we need to have an offline conversation because I need think I need to update uh, some of my own records. <laughs> oh sure, happy to help. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if we're doing this one that one live. Uh, I think that one's gonna be behind closed doors, and we're gonna. Yeah, makes know, sense. See, you know, yeah. See what we need to do to clean up my business because it's it, it's important, sure. right? I have my insurance in place. I have my own EPLI insurance. If I make uh -huh. a mistake, or somebody else on my staff staff makes a mistake, or there's a third party perception that we did something. Mm -hmm dubious right like so mm -hmm. i'm protected from an insurance standpoint but mm -hmm. i don't want to pay my deductible and deal with going through the process of going through depositions and you know potentially into litigation like that's mm -hmm. the last thing i want to do mm -hmm. insurance is great but i don't want to use it right mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I, right. I just had to use my automobile insurance this is a great example mm -hmm. like and i yeah. don't like to put in any kind of claims there was an issue mm -hmm. with one of my cars and I took it into the shop. I said, hey, the GPS isn't working. It probably just needs to be recalibrated. You know, mm -hmm. two days later, they come back to me, Mr. Levine. Um, it oh. looks like somebody spilled a strawberry milkshake on the floor and it damaged the MBUX unit. And mm. you know, I'm like, okay, uh, I don't recall anybody spilling anything, but mm. keep going. And yeah. then uh, at the end of the day, they're like, it's a $7,500 piece of equipment and uh, we need to mm. order it. It's going to take wow. two months to get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to be about three thousand dollars in labor so i'm like huh wow and that's one where i'm like yeah you know i'm not going to eat that whole thing let's figure it out and you know yeah. if there was an accident and there was liquid spilled i can put that through insurance i'm thankful mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. it pay my deductible and, and move on that's an easy one i don't want to put yeah. a claim in <clears throat> on my epli or my errors and omissions or my cyber forget about cyber i don't even want to mm -hmm. think about putting in a cyber claim mm -hmm. because that would be mm -hmm. the messiest and the most uh Mm. time taking effort to get a cyber incident cleaned up because of the amount of uh, notifications required but that's another podcast episode with mm -hmm. uh, with somebody else so mm -hmm. tell me uh tell me a little bit more about some of the defense what do what can employers do to keep themselves mm -hmm. out of trouble we talked about contracts we talked about managing mm -hmm. relationships you know take that to another step go one step mm -hmm. further on giving that advice out to employers on what they're really supposed to do when they're setting up their businesses or when they realize that they mm -hmm. have grown the business and need to protect themselves further. Sure, Aaron, I'm happy to talk about that. You know, if I could just give one brief, quick nod though to the importance of insurance, as you mentioned, EPLI, employment insurance. I think a lot of people are under the impression that if they follow all the steps and they set up contracts and they follow the law that they're therefore 100% airproof you know, or airtight and and, and uh, litigation proof. And that's never the case. Now, somebody can always find a reason to sue. And even if it gets dismissed on the road, as you mentioned, you don't want to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in attorney's fees and all your time to fight it. So it's, you have to have that insurance part. Um, I think that's very important. And uh, I tell it to my clients as well. And in terms of what customers rather than clients and employers can do to keep themselves uh, at least in good shape, right? To minimize the risk of being sued. Well, number one, it's important to get with an employment law attorney to really know and understand what the laws are governing everything from your hiring practices to your firing practices, to your payment, how you pay your employees. So I think it's important to have someone in your corner, could be, again, an employment lawyer, could also be a really um, high quality HR company as well, outsource HR that knows what do you pay for overtime, right? What do you, do you have to pay prevailing wage? Um, you know, what do you do in certain situations where you have employees working, let's say, you know, um, double time in some, in some industries. So knowing what you owe in terms of payment is important. And number two, 
knowing the law around hiring practices. Do you have to give you know, salary transparency like you do in New York City and soon to be in New York State? Do you have to list the maximum, list the minimum, that's a tongue twister, the minimum and maximum salaries in your job you're posting. So I think that, you know, knowing the laws around, uh, around payment, around discrimination, right? What's considered discrimination, what's not. Um, having updated employee handbooks, that's a great tool because employee handbooks that have changes in the law and they say what they're supposed to say can help a company to know what actions to take in certain situations. So, you know, the law and payment, the laws and wages, the laws and discrimination being updated, number one. Number two, having employee handbooks in place. And number three, having uh, an employment law attorney that you can bounce questions off of. All, all very key. I mean, you know, that's a phenomenal summary. I like number three the most. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use a software called uh, through Mineral, Think HR. Mm-hmm. Um, that we help people right. get their employee handbooks done, right? Mm-hmm. That's one step, right? That's maybe step 1.5, right? Getting everything else, the contracts and making sure we're following the operations manual is, is a yes. whole nother piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that relationship or the ability to dial the 1-800-OH-SHIT hotline, yes. is, uh, <laughs> whether it's your <laughs> cell phone number, your office number, or you know, through a technology provider that has these professionals on staff as well to just mm-hmm. bounce those ideas off of or the right. concern before things escalate um, mm-hmm. is, is important. I just had a client, a customer of mine. Um, I do a very small piece of his business. Super nice guy. Mm-hmm. We've, he's, you know, <clears throat> we've gone back and forth. He's had some issues in the past. He's canceled. Mm-hmm. He's rewritten, whatever. Calls me the other day. He's like, Aaron, I had a guy get hurt. You know, this is mm. a workers' comp issue. Totally different experience. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I, I, you know, I don't have your workers' comp insurance. I thought you might have had it through another provider because for the last three years we've only provided you with your business owner's insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, well, 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 what do I do? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. one, how bad is he hurt? Mm-hmm. Two, does he have his own health insurance? Three, let's get you your insurance set up right now, and then you just need to go to the kid and try to make a deal before it escalates to the Department of Labor and then you get in big trouble for not having workers' compensation insurance for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so things like that get messy. And if he had somebody in his corner like yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, to bounce that idea off of what do we need to do? Do I just need to pay for this whole injury out of pocket Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. have the injured employer sign off on it, pay him, do whatever. I'm like, I told him, I said, do whatever you can do Mm -hmm. to keep it from escalating, Mm -hmm. pay what you have to pay, you know, suck mm-hmm. it up, be a big boy, and uh, let's get insurance mm-hmm. in place moving forward. Right. Learn from the mistake and hopefully going forward, not have the situation repeat itself, you know. Um, right. Yeah. And you know what? I think a lot of clients will kick themselves when they make a mistake. They get frustrated. They think, oh, man, you know, this is going to cost me money. I should have known better. And my point is always, you know, look, you know, very few people, in my opinion, Aaron, I don't know if you've seen this too, there are a few that truly come to you in the super proactive stage uh, before hitting some kind of pain point of their own, you know, of their own, right? They, you know, they make a misstep, they they pay a fortune to the Department of Labor or to, let's say, an ex-employee to settle a lawsuit. And then they start to get serious about, you know, having employment agreements in place, having the right uh, employee handbooks, knowing what to do next, the next time somebody alleges discrimination, you know, do an investigation, talk to the witnesses, talk to the person, um, see what's happening. Don't just summarily fire the person, 
right. wrong move when you're being, you know, told there's some discrimination in the workplace. So, but but to your, you know, the people that um, the importance of having proactive steps, I just can't, can't say enough about it because once you um, have, let's say, someone who knows what you should do, the money you spend on insurance, the money you spend on a proactive employment law attorney to help you with compliance, it's a, a drop in the bucket compared to what you'll spend in litigation in terms of time, you know, energy, money, stress. So I think that's really, you know, important. I mean, I've certainly seen clients come to me um, with situations where they were not proactive and then they had hit hard in the end. Mm -hmm. I had that with a client. In fact, you know, a client ran a small, um, you know, a small restaurant and um, one of the workers was very disgruntled and, you know, he, um, I think, saw the writing on the wall that he might be fired soon. So what he did was um, he filed a very disingenuous complaint with OSHA, alleging oh. a certain safety uh, violation, which were not true and completely discredited, found to be not, not an issue. But they were wanting to fire this person for a while. And so then they started, the person started coming in late, missing shifts, um, just, just very inappropriate behavior. And whenever they were called in the carpet said, this is retaliation, you're trying to get back at me for filing the OSHA complaint. So they hired me to come in for the sensitive termination. Mm -hmm. And before they could actually finish hiring me in terms of uh, a consultation and retainer, I told them, take these four steps, you know, and don't make any sudden moves. Um, assistant manager lost a temper one day, called up the worker at night on the phone, fired him, said, you're gone. You know, that's it. Told all his other workers in a group email. Oh. He beat him on the email and said, don't ever come back here again. Um, it didn't land well, it didn't sit well. And the timing was about a month after the OSHA complaint. Wow. And, and before the, yeah, before the actual finding, discrediting it. So, you know, it was a big mess. And we did settle it. You know, we did manage to negotiate before it got to court. Was able to show that some of the claims they were alleging or other issues were not really happening and would have been dismissed. And so they they settled on a fraction of what they were asking for. Sure. So it was a win for my client. But, you know, had they follow certain steps for this termination process, documented his poor behavior, had enough space between the OSHA complaint and the actual termination, and offered a little bit of severance, it could have been a whole different end ending. So, right, you know, right. that point about being proactive, it's really important to like, you know, whether it's insurance or whether it's just following the law and having, knowing what to do and what not to do. Proactive is always less expensive, mm -hmm. um, but human <laughs> nature says, right. it's not going to happen to me, Eric. I'm not yeah. like that. It's not going to happen to me. Not in no, my yeah. business. Yeah. No, it's fine. We're fine. We don't do that around here. But you pointed like you a made family. A good, you made a good statement, right? You said the assistant manager did X. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Guess what? The owner of the business has to worry about someone else being stupid. Yes. <laughs> and insurance right. covers that also. Um, I want to touch. Uh, you know, I, I I love that. I love those yeah. those kinds of stories and. You know, mm -hmm. I had a similar EPLI claim mm -hmm. because an assistant manager did something stupid yeah. um, and uh, spoke in an inappropriate way, um, mm -hmm. a very discriminatory way. And oh, it caused yeah. a big, 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 big mess. ACLU got involved. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. then it, it escalated, you know, but mm -hmm. when ACLU gets involved, somebody already knows how to work the system, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not going to go there, but I wanted to, sure. I wanted to touch on, you know, proactivity is great, but there's sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to be proactive. Yes. Um, you know, when it comes to third party, when it comes to some ADA related potential issues, right. We've mm -hmm. seen all the lawsuits for the website, 
that yes. that aren't ADA compliant and you know, mm -hmm. I believe my site, you, your site is, I'm looking at your yep. website right now. It you is. have a little blue guy on the side. Yep. Mm -hmm. I believe I have the same one. It's a simple plugin. So if you're watching, let's take a chance and yep. watching this far along, you know, it's a simple plugin for WordPress or whoever's hosting mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You know, you put that button on and it makes your website uh, readable for the visually impaired. Um, yep. <laughs> I think yes. it's super mm -hmm. important because those lawsuits hit the headlines, but other mm -hmm. ADA related issues mm -hmm. are hard to, you know, sometimes. If, especially if the building is older and it's mm -hmm. a place of public accommodation, right? It's hard to kind of navigate that space. How do you, do you help any of your clients proactively with ADA related issues? Do you help getting site surveys? Do you mm -hmm. do any of that work? I do. And, you know, usually I refer them out to other people. Um, maybe it's their website designer developer who has certain software for the, as you mentioned, the visually impaired, even for the audio impaired, there are plugins for that as well, which I have on my site. And, um, but I definitely do recommend that they have a surveyor come, you know, look at the property. There are ADA compliant consultants because don't forget, Aaron, you might, we as a fortunate, you know, very graced able-bodied person or, you know, I as an able-bodied person might look around and say my, um, let's say on a laundromat, look around and say, oh, well, I've got to make uh, a wheelchair accessible ramp and maybe uh, a disabled accessible bathroom. But guess what? If the change machine, you know, is too high to reach, or you know, if the um, washer dryer, its folding table, is not level, and the person can't reach it, or if the website, as you mentioned, is not ADA compliant, you know, you're on a pizza shop and you do takeout, and the person can't order takeout on your website, then you can be looking at an ADA complaint. So I, I do actually um, help my clients get compliant in that regard, and it's a matter of I tell them what needs to be done. And then I say, I'm not an architect, right? So I right, can't right. fix, you know, but the, you should consult this person or that person. So, um, you know, but definitely it's an important thing. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, you know, some suits have, have value or rather have some legitimate component, but others, you know, there are attorneys out there who will scour websites for ones that are off and, and will file a suit for someone who's right. disabled, even if the person never really used the service. So you have to be careful about those type of complaints. Absolutely. Well, you know, those are the, you know, the, I call them trolls. I don't know what a, a more appropriate term is, but uh, <laughs> there are trolls Similar out there pulling yeah. the internet for those types of issues. Um, you know, as well yeah. as if you're misusing, you know, images, I actually had a, gosh, mm -hmm. we're going back eight, eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. I got a, I got a, a, a lawyer's letter some attorney mm -hmm. in Washington state representing a photographer and you're using this image with mm -hmm. the image number and it's on this page of your website, mm -hmm. all screenshotted. So mm -hmm. I sent it to my lawyer. I said, one, is this legit? Yeah. And mm -hmm. what do we do about it? He said, yes, it's legit. Yep. Call him as soon as possible and negotiate. Mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. best mm -hmm. I think the demand was like for 12,000. I think I got out of her mm -hmm. for that, you know, a thousand or 1500 mm -hmm. bucks. I learned my lesson for yep. a very small amount of money. Right. Mm -hmm. And this was early on when, you know, these types of things. And I think the demands are even larger because they know everybody's got insurance that could potentially mm. protect them. But <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, you know, it's a shame because there are some there are legitimate valid claims out there that and there are you know, companies that do transgress transgress or transgressions that um, and there are good attorneys out there who do represent good people. But there are a lot of bad apples in that bunch that really you know, ruin it for the rest of them. And 
you know, to your point, like the Getty image, you know, that that's, I think, a very common thing. I think some lawyers will literally go to restaurants door to door and, and try to gather workers who weren't giving a, a proper notice, a wage notice that says, when you're hired, you know, you make this much per, you know, per pay period. Um, I heard of a story once where an attorney actually found a restaurant that did follow the law um, right, right. and did actually this, but they had a typo on the on the wage statement, the wrong address. It was a, it was a simple typo. It was a six and seven eight. So the person said, "You didn't follow the statute. The statute has to have, have to have the correct address for your uh, place of business." And I think it was settled before it went to court, um, before they filed, a, you know, a claim under the New York State law. Right, but right. my gosh, you know, can you imagine being a, a place of business that? Um, you know, follows those steps. And that's, again, where the employment insurance comes in. You know, I come in to negotiate. I come in to argue with the other attorney that this is this is form over substance. You know, I think the courts will side with us. And they say, does your client want to pay all that money and litigating and take a chance? And we, we try to settle it for as little as possible. But, you know, if I had insurance in my corner, if I was, let's say, a restaurant or, you know, um, or anyway, a tech company, I'd feel better at least knowing that I'm not, showing out money for my attorney that can't be compensated. Right. Mm. Right. No, that, you know, it, it makes total sense. It's all about being proactive and, uh, mm. and, and having a good understanding. And if you watch this podcast episode and you watch the other episode that I did on your show, mm-hmm. you're going to be that much smarter. You're going to be an hour and a half yes. smarter than you were um, <laughs> two days <Right>. ago. <laughs> and we packed in about three hours worth of material in each of those times. So you'd be like three or four hours smarter than you were. You know, you know I got all this yeah. great free advice that I didn't, that I didn't get a bill for. So I, I feel, uh, <laughs> I feel, I feel honored, Eric, but you know, so on, on my, on my side, we are coming yeah. up on time because we try to keep our show under 30 minutes. Sure. Um, any other thoughts, comments, or advice that you want to shell out for free on uh, on YouTube? I do. I'd like to tell, first off, just tell employers and business owners, you know, don't uh, lose hope. It's not a bleak message. It's just about, you know, being compliant and, and taking the proper precautions. So I'd say, you know, again, get with your employment law attorney. You know, if you're in New York State, happy to talk to you. Uh, get my contact information after the show, but make sure you have updated employee handbooks, updated employment contracts. The law is changing around issues of non-competes or what you can and can't put in your employment agreements, right? You can't have certain confidentiality clauses anymore around, let's say, a sexual harassment uh, settlement. So make sure you have the right contracts in place, the right forms. And as you said, Aaron, earlier in the show, you have to have steps in place to follow what your contracts say. You have to make sure that you are actually abiding by, you know, what is required. Um, if you take those steps, you know, if you get with a good HR company, a good employment lawyer, no matter what state you're in, um, I think you're in a lot better shape. And then you add in the employment, the EPLI insurance in case something goes awry. And I think you're, it greatly reduce your chances of sitting through courtroom, you know, depositions and a court proceeding. So that's my last kind of helpful bit of advice for business employees and just and tacking right on top of that one right Mm -hmm. if you're compliant and proactive and -hmm. you've taken these steps guess what happens to your insurance premium it goes down i'm guessing it goes down (laughs) your deductible it goes down right so those proactive steps help you in the long run because the insurance companies don't have to price gouge you because they know you have certain steps in place and the Mm -hmm. insurance there is truly for something that goes grossly awry Eric Sarver, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, We'll get this episode posted shortly, and I can't wait till the next time we get together. Thanks again. 
Aaron Levine, thanks for having me. A pleasure being here, and I wish you an excellent holiday season, and um, wish everyone else out there a really happy and healthy holiday season, too. So thanks for having me on the show. It was great talking with you today. Thanks, Eric.